Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. This is going to be a good one and um, come to those who are listening. This is really for all the mums out there, the mums who are struggling and dare I say it, as one teen so aptly put it, well, my mum's on the scrap heap and she doesn't know what she's talking about. So let's see if we can get around that, educating the mums that um, there is life after parenthood. Well, we're still parents from for a very long time, aren't we? But there is life after teens and um, educate the teens as well. So I am talking to Corrine Zbinden, who is a certified life coach and a university teacher with over 20 years experience in teaching, mentoring and training students and young graduates. Now, in her coaching practice, she specializes in helping women find a new purpose and to boost their confidence when they want to focus on their professional goals again once their children become more independent. Corrine offers one-to-one life coaching and hosts a free and friendly supportive Facebook group, which is called Back to Me Career After Kids, where she gives lots of hints and tips and hosts special training sessions, including regular training by guest experts. So do get in touch. But also, if you'd like to get started on boosting your confidence, you can download a free um, guide, which I've put popped in the show notes, which is basically six top tips to boost your confidence. And we are going to be talking about that today. So, Corinne, my love, thank you so much for being here. I'm absolutely thrilled that we get this chance to speak. Thank you, Kai, for inviting me. I'm I'm really delighted to come on your show and uh, and and talk about how to boost confidence for for mums. And, and I think that's a that's a big one, isn't it? And and especially at, at the minute, mums are um they've been sort of carrying the standard for their kids for quite a while throughout lockdown and making sure they're okay and making sure they're homeschooling and 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 been doing many, many different roles that probably they weren't expecting this time last year to or or even sort of 18 months ago. They they weren't having to um sort of step up to, which I hope has help them realize that they are way more capable than they think they are. But I know, speaking from experience, that somehow motherhood knocks the edges off us a bit. And and we do lose, be, be it our confidence or our identity. And it's quite hard to sort of get back into the flow of things, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, although although it takes quite a lot of skills to to raise children, and as you said, the last year and a half has really been testing for well, not just for mums, parents, because uh, even if they could um, take on these roles separately, that having everything um, on at the same time was particularly challenging, I think, for everyone. But 
um, yeah, being a mum and being able to manage all that, um, uh, you know, all, all at the same time is incredibly skillful and demanding and challenging. But it seems to, instead of um, bolstering mum's confidence, it seems to, as you say, take the edge off their self-confidence and, and, and knock them about a bit. And, yeah. And, uh, sort of leave them a bit feeling that they they never really um, manage as well as they would like to. I suppose it, it kind of can create a certain uh, idea of perfection that that you never really reach. <laughs> but Corinne, what is it that you know? I I because I still struggle to find the answers. Is what what is it that allows us or creates that sort of um, environment for, for mums not to value what they do and to undervalue themselves. And we've heard it so many times, oh, I'm just a mum. Mm. And, you know, what is it that sort of fuels that sort of lack of self-esteem, self-confidence? Because, you know, we're, we're, it, it's a blimmin' important job. And, and, and I, I don't understand why it's not recognised as such. I think it's generally quite undervalued in our society. It's a sort of caring job that's uh, sort of everyday things, you know, and um, it, it's not one of the things that that is um, sort of uh, celebrated in our society. You know, we put statues up for people who've, who've sort of conquered things or done stuff that then maybe we find out. <laughs> We're not that that yes, great in, in the first place, but you know we don't put a statue up for you know um, someone looking after uh, after children in, in extremely difficult circumstances. You know, it's not it's not something that that is valued in the same way publicly. It's kind of taken a bit for granted. It's always in the background. I think it's also because it's something that has to be done over and over again. You know. Yeah, that's you, fair. You know, you feed the kids, you dress them, you 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 know, you you cut the hedge, and it keeps growing. <laughs> so you keep having to do it again. It's never yeah. done once and for all, and to be admired at the result. You know, there's no sort of there's only result when they they've sort of grown and evolved into a well-adjusted human beings. But um, and even then, we doubt all. Yeah, even that, even then we doubt ourselves, don't we? We yeah. sort of, you know, we we do the very best we can with the resources that we've got, and we're, we're permanently worrying, you know, is our child going to be, as you say, that sort of fully functioning young adult? Invariably, yes. And actually, the thing is, is that we also have to accept that maybe the path that we had planned for our kids is not the path that they choose or or transpires. Yeah, absolutely. There's also this other side of, uh, you know, motherhood and this picture of mothers that's been uh, quite present in the in the media in the, in the last few years. There's so mums who've got this very strong drive for their kids to succeed and really push them and push them. Um, and it's just not just mums, but but you know, you, you can't. You have to let them grow into their own life and what they want to do. Like enable them, but but also step back. And I think most mums do that and they used to trying to keep things running smooth and making sure everybody's all right so they kind of put themselves on the sideline a bit and you know their main goal becomes making sure everything runs smoothly and everybody's okay or happy and and that is what gives them a purpose or satisfaction so they they after years of doing it you see how it could they could get to a point where they're not sure what they want beyond yep. others to be happy. Yeah, and, it, and it's it's that that it's also it, 
you know, if we're not careful, it builds that resentment, that feeling of um, being taken for granted, mm-hmm. of just sort of being, you know, sort of part of the furniture, really, isn't it? And it's all right. Or mum will pick up the pieces or mum will do this. So just tell me what what are the, um, dare I say, complaints or the fears or the worries? What 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 do mums come to you sort of looking for? What What's their sort of um, pain point, really? Well, there's the mums who want to um, really spark off their career again or, or grow their business. They, they already know what they want, but they don't feel quite confident enough to do it or they're struggling with with productivity because they're not putting themselves first enough. You know, they still have this feeling that, oh, you know, it comes after, they come after the rest so that they can't really do the, the actions they need to do to, to move forward. So those know what they want and they they really need help with um, improving that confidence and, and, and productivity, but in a way that is quite embedded and, you know, one dovetails the other as well. And there's the other mums who feel their kids have grown and they've, they, they, they find that that role of mothering is sort of not taken away from them because it's a gradual thing, but it's disappearing. And they, yeah. they kind of le- left sort of clutching at straws a bit. And some feel really quite strongly this sort of, I suppose it's close to empty nest syndrome, even if, if the nest is not empty yet, but it's, it's got sort of getting there. And others don't have this sort of feeling, but they feel a bit like they've been left behind. And there's there's more to life, and they used to have aspirations and passions and things they wanted to do and so on. And now it's sort of all a bit. They're not really sure anymore whether they they they're important to them, and even if they are, um, they're not sure that they're not out of date in a sense because they yeah. might have been at home for a very long time. Or, I mean, lots of women work or work part time, but even if they have worked throughout. Often it was a job that they took because it was not as demanding and could fit around everything else. Um, so it's not the kind of job that really fuels their passion. And they might feel a little bit like they've shortchanged themselves as well. Okay. So the sort of sense of they've not reached their full potential. And, you know, maybe when they were 25 and they graduated, they had this idea of, wow, you know, the future's open, I can do anything. And then suddenly they're in a situation where they feel, actually, what have I done? And they get to midlife and it, it's quite hard to, you know, to find a new meaning past past motherhood in a sense. So so we are we're talking to the mums who um just maybe they sort of get up and go has got up and gone. Um, but also <laughs> that those ones that want to just feel that there's there's something lacking. There's would mm-hmm. that be fair to say? More, there's more yeah. to life. So for these mums who are wanting to, you know, some some don't, some do. That's fine. But for for, for those one those mums who are feeling they need to do something, or they anticipate, as you sort of touched on the the empty nest. I mean, I, I relate mm. with this so well that they anticipate that the empty nest is going to cause problems for them when should they be sort of setting all the wheels in motion when should they be planning for this you know sort of, or does it sort of sort of suddenly you know sort of creep up behind them and they they realize oh my flip this is just this is ridiculous i i'm i'm going nowhere i mean 
how how do they know when the right time to start is? Well, sort of any time is the right time. When they think okay. about it and they want more, then then go ahead. You know, um, for the empty nest. But if you want to avoid the whole um, trauma of it, and 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 I mean, it's, it it can be very deep grief, feelings of grief, emptiness. Absolutely. But, um, then it's good to think about it before it happens, a few years before. You know, when the when the teenagers are around and they start to need you less, and then that, that's a good time to start thinking to build, of what yeah. you want from life and, and sort of build that bridge and start to, it's all also about starting to put boundaries and putting your needs first at times and or, or at least putting them some of the time first, you know, so that you can start building your life and finding a new purpose and, and have things established in place. Before they they go, I mean, I wrote a blog post about it actually. Uh, oh, cool. Well, so. will you will you give it to me, and we will we will put that in the yeah um, yeah in the show notes as well. Um, so so for this reason, this is obviously um a, a sort of pattern you have seen a lot of, and so you have um kindly created a a, a download for for mums that are needing this support. The six top tips to boost your confidence, because I think that's a lot of it, isn't it? Is we feel as though the world's left us behind. We feel as though, you know, have I got the right skills or, you know, will I be, what use am I? Because all I've been doing is managing a home or listen in in air quotes. But so it's, it's a matter of sort of I suppose looking inwards and building, you know, sort of our own sort of. So, well, what's the difference? What's the difference between self-esteem, self-confidence, self-worth, or is it? Uh, can we throw it all into one bucket? They're often used quite interchangeably. I mean, they have slightly different um, sort of uh, overtones, as it were. I mean, self-confidence sounds more like um, the ability to actually do something. It, it seems a bit more action-oriented. Okay. Um, Self-worth is how, you know, sort of your own feeling of worthiness, um, where self-esteem is kind of the more overarching term that, that sort of involves all that. But there's also self-image. There's, there are lots of terms that um, kind of uh, describe aspects of, of, of this. But... And, and, and if we're not careful, the whole lot blimmin' trips us up, doesn't it? So, I mean, I, I think we can get so... Um, sort of consumed by our, our own sort of image and, and our, our own view of ourselves. So you are encouraging women to, I, I guess when we talk about self-confidence and, and boosting the confidence, it is our ability to be able to go out into the workplace, to be able to go out and maybe sort of rekindle our career or start a new career or something like that. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and, and anything really, and, and even daring to, to, to dream your dreams. You know, if there's something that matters to you, being confident enough to even accept it yourself and then and then share it and start doing things towards it. And, and also at times putting, you know, what matters to you first. I'm not saying you should be completely selfish and never do anything for anyone else before you've done everything for yourself first, you know, but... It, it is important to not always think, oh, I'll do all the chores and everything. Yeah. And then if there is time, yeah, um, then I'll move on to whatever matters to me. No, because it, there will never be time. You know, if you, if you think that way, it just will never get to you. And so, I think I think the trick is there is actually scheduling stuff in, isn't it? Is making yeah. yourself and a priority, and rather than doing everything else, which is probably the urgent stuff, like 
getting the hockey kit washed or the actually time of, you know, it's more likely to be tennis kit, but, um, you know, and getting all that sort of stuff done. But actually the important stuff we tend to forget about or, or think, well, well, I'll do that when I've got more time. So I think prioritizing it is important, isn't it? Yeah, but also what we tend to push aside is the things that are challenging our, our feelings of guilt or, or you know, what is out of our comfort zone is a term that's generally uh, used that if you're not very confident about something that you want to do, you know, whatever it is, um, you'll say, oh, yeah, hang on, I'll just, I know, I'll just go put on a wash and then you've got to take a wash out a while later and then you've got to, you know, Take it down the, off the line, and you know there's always going to be someone that's dinner and the shopping and whatever. So you can sort of distract yourself from whatever you know you should be doing because you're feeling really uncomfortable or you know vulnerable about it or just not sure by by keeping really busy with the endless things you know on your to do yeah. list really, but that that keep these things breed more things, you know, they, they, they never over, never done because as soon as they're done, they need to be redone again anyway. So you can spend, you can spend years of your life doing that and you're not going anywhere. Busy being busy. So our top six top tips. The the first one is basically a question is, is do you compare yourself to others? Well, surely the answer is, of course I do. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, but I think I think it's important to become aware um of how you do it. Um if you if you compare yourself to some 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 someone or uh, you know that that's inspiring and you think, oh, you know, that's great what she does. I could do the same and how or how could I do something similar and then and then in it prompts you to 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 get on with trying something new then it's great there's absolutely nothing wrong with comparing yourself in that way but if you look at things like oh god she's got everything sorted she's brilliant of course she's brilliant i'm rubbish this is where it's completely undermining unproductive and and to be avoided and often as this sort of self-critical sort of element to yeah. comparison to others they, they say, don't they, that comparison is the thief of joy. And mm. I think that's the thing is that we always think the grass is greener. We always think that someone's better qualified or someone's, you know, sort of, you know, and, and we we tend to hide hide our light under a bushel or, uh, or don't have the confidence to speak up or put ourselves forward. You know, as you were saying, a job that sort of maybe has just been sort of functional rather than enjoyable. We we tend to make sure we have every single box ticked before we even have the confidence to put ourselves forward um, and invariably think others are better suited than we are, I guess. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I have to say that motherhood um, is quite... Um, Striking in that way for compare, comparing yourself to others negatively. Um, I remember that was a big discovery for me when um, my my first, my children were first born and very little. Is that how much time was spent on on her? Does she sit up yet? Does she chew yet? You know, does she have so and this sort of thing. And and mums took it very at heart when actually children develop at different paces. You know, yeah. 
And, and sort of the normal range for walking is between nine months and 18 months, right? It's a massive time span. But there was this pride, you know, in the mums whose kids walked at 10 and a half months. They felt like much more accomplished. Exactly. I, I'm doing this parenting thing right. Yeah. 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 And, I know I remember that. And I, I, I remember feeling we're going to these toddler group, mum and baby things, and, and coming out feeling a bit really in two minds about it and not very happy because it was all about compare, they were comparing everything. Yeah. And I was feeling, you know, it's need to make you feel bad doing this. You're quite right. But I, I think it, it's sort of human nature because, you know, when we look at our teens, and they're, they're doing exactly the same when they're scrolling yeah. through Instagram, aren't they? And um, they are they are sort of doing that sort of comparison and sort of why am I not good enough, thin enough, tall enough, whatever enough. Um, and I think, you know, as you 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 sort of hit the nail on the head there, it's 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 important. Yeah, okay, we, we are all going to compare it. It's it's human nature, but let's acknowledge when we do it and let's make sure we are doing it constructively. So let us because in, in I, I sort of um sort of practice NLP and in a sort of roundabout way. And um the, you know, so one of the the sort of um, you know, sort of fundamental sort of thoughts there is 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 to model the behavior you want to see. So rather than, oh well, she's doing it better or she's doing, you know, she's I'm I'm not as good, it's what let's look at the successful people and what are they doing and how can I mirror that? Because I think that's what our kids do as well, isn't it? Is they will be mirroring our behavior. So we need to sort of remember to set that example. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, if you spend your time thinking so your neighbour's doing things better than you and feeling rubbish and saying how rubbish you are, then you can't really be surprised if your teenage daughter is feeling depressed when she looks at uh, yeah. newsfeeds on Instagram. Yeah, um, it is kind of a similar thing. It's also that it stems from sort of form of anxiety, I think, that of not you know, this fear of uh, not being enough, but it's, it's also um, a fear of failure. And yeah. that's, that's one of my uh, tips as well. So uh, I don't think it's the next one on the list, but no, well, we uh, should... it doesn't matter really. We, we like, will get to what it. What if I fail? You know, what yes. if I fail? Well, I think we've also got a view of failure as a sort of permanent definitive state that is, I mean, sort of close to Greek tragedy, ancient Greek tragedy in a sense, or Shakespearean tragedy, you know, that is the end. You know, I have failed. It's yeah. over. Well, you know, failure is 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 part of a process of learning and growing and, and it's part of success in a sense, you know. I, I think that I don't think success comes without failure, does it? Well, I don't know. I mean, if it does, I would imagine it's extremely rare. Yes, uh, almost like a fluke, isn't it? You 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 try something, it doesn't quite work out. You you look at it again, why it didn't? Try to change a bit, and then it works works a bit better. Yeah, and and so on, and so on, until you perfect it and it works and and it succeeds. I think it's yeah. it's, it's really a learning opportunity. It's not. And I, and I think you're, you're quite right. I mean, you know, I, I'm sort of thinking of my past failures and we could be here all day. Um, but one of my big ones was, you know, sort of a, a long time ago now, but it was my A-levels and, and I didn't measure up and I and I basically sort of failed, um, 
failed to get what I needed in order to go to St. Andrew's University to read maths. That is what I was planning to do as a teenager. Lord knows what I was planning to do after that. I have no idea. I hadn't got past that. Um, but I failed to get in, in air quotes, to, into St. Andrews to do to do maths. Thank God, because I went to totally the other end of the country. I went and did business studies and I found the love of my life. So, I mean, I think the thing is, is that we have to just dust ourselves down, don't we? And, and realize um, that, you know, with failure, I, I call it feedback. I don't call it failure, but you know, we we learn and and we sort of grow, and that's what it's all about. Well, I think if you think, I mean, very sort of uh, it's possibly pedestrian as an example, but you know, when we were most of us have learned to drive our drivers, a lot of us will have failed the first okay. time or part of the exam. You know, I don't. Yeah. Know, I mean, I did it in Switzerland, and it was part. There was theory first, and then there was practice. It was parking separate from driving, you know, road, you know, city driving and so on. So all different parts, and you know, most people fail at least one of those, and then took it again. No one just said, "Oh, right, okay, that's it. I'm not going to be a driver now." Exactly. You no, know, I, I failed parking or failed theory, <laughs> so I've not even got into a car yet. But that's it for me forever. You know. No one does that. They think, oh, right, okay, I'll, but I'll have to take it again. Um, why didn't I? Well, I didn't work enough or, you know, I need a bit more practice or whatever. Uh, they picked it up where they were and they improved and they did again and they passed and, and they were drivers now, you know. But I think there's a lot to be said, you know, when you sort of use that as an example. I think it's important for us to sort of acknowledge that part of that failure is learning the lesson. So as you say, you know, mm, I, I didn't do my three-point turn correctly or I overtook on the wrong side or whatever it was. But I think also that that, that drive that makes us try again shows that the motivation, the why is really, really strong. So if we fall at the first post, it's likely that your motivation isn't the driver here and, and you don't want the results as much as maybe you thought you did. Would, would that be fair to say well, or not? Yeah, perhaps it's also a test of how, how important it is to you because if something is really important, often we do what we need to do to get yeah. there. You know, you wanted to study math uh, or you thought you wanted to study math at St. Andrews. Well, you didn't get in, but... You could have conceivably gone and studied math somewhere else if math was really the thing. Or you could have maybe done an extra course or something and then tried again to get in yeah. the following year. I mean, there's all sorts of other paths. You thought, okay, I'll go to business studies down south. Um, you know, I think that it probably you were not that invested in math. <laughs> totally, totally. I think it was probably an absolute godsend, truth be told. But hey, you know, and, and it's funny how, how things sort of turn out. But I think the problem also, not only sort of, you know, acknowledging failure, I think the fear of failure stops us taking mm. risks and stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, but I think often also, um, you know, we're worried about what other people will think if we fail. Mostly, yeah. people don't think of things. You know, most people don't are too busy thinking about their own lives and whatever they're busy with. They don't really bother about what you're doing. And actually, I think that's something you maybe realize as you get older. But you know, and they think, oh well, you know, she didn't succeed straight away. They don't really think more than that. I think we are thinking a whole lot harder. Yeah. 
we are much harsher and, and, and more critical of ourselves than other people are of us. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's more that we sort of project what we would feel about ourselves onto others and thinking, oh, my God, if, they, if I feel like this, they're going to feel the same or worse and it's going to be unbearable for me. And the truth of the matter is they don't really care. They're too busy with whatever they're doing in their lives. And if anything, uh, quite a lot of them would be fairly understanding or even supportive. Okay. You know? And perhaps yeah. we need to do that with ourselves. A you're bit you're quite right because... Um, you know, talking about sort of finding a career and going back into the workplace, um, I tell you what, and you, know, and you said at the sort of, you know, top of the hour that um, it, it, it sometimes we feel as though the world has passed us by. It was a very different world when I first, you know, all those years ago, first started looking for jobs. My daughter um, has, re- you know, recently sort of over the last year or so has had been, you know, she graduated and came looking for jobs. She had a blimmin' spreadsheet and she got to the stage where she colour coded it and she, and it's literally, and she's applying for stuff and, you know, and, and, and she, she's colour coded it like the traffic lights. So, you know, red is obviously rejection, amber is waiting to hear and green is go. And, and, and the, the, those ones that were are left white are those people that she's applied to and haven't even responded. And I looked at her spreadsheet one day and I just sort of, you know, I went, well done. I am so impressed by your approach to this because there's quite a lot of red and a hell of a lot of white there and not much else in the middle. And she just looked at me and she went, but this is a numbers game. And I thought, how wonderful to be able to look at it like that because then it's sort of really less of, and it is a numbers game. Trying to get back into the market is a numbers game. And if you've, you know, and and some people, some sort of um, employers, you know, they don't respond to you, or they only take a percentage of those people that are applying. To so, I think we need to take it less personally, unless oh my gosh, they've rejected me because I'm a failure. To no, actually, I I didn't get through that stage this time, and and. Just spinning it a little bit, obviously, will will probably boost our own confidence, won't it? Yeah, and also, um, you know, there, there's a there's a lot of competition now, and because of the world sort of opening up, you know, globally, the competition comes from everywhere. So yeah, um, for certain types of jobs and in certain areas. So I think also, you know, sometimes they get so many applicants that there's a point. I mean, they like everybody else. They've got a workload, and, you know. And it might be that by the time they've 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 gone through the pile and they've they've pre-selected X number of applicants that look perfect, you know, and that they're going to interview, they they don't go through the next hundred and twenty yeah. applications because yeah. what for? They can in, interview those, and 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 probably most likely uh, appoint someone from that. They don't need yeah. to read another, you know. Hundred files, so yeah, yours might have been just really great, but it was just a bit, a bit lower, and it, so it never, they never even got to it. Yeah, never even got a look in, and and it's through no fault of our own, and it's not, and which leads me on to sort of your next, um, your your next sort of point, which was um, number five on the list is is I am enough because sometimes mm-hmm. we look at our failures and look at our, dare I say it, inadequacies, and just go well. 
I, I'm just hopeless. I, I can't do this. Um, I'll never hit a hello comparison. I'll never measure up to the to everyone else. So I, you know, I'm just not cut out for this. And we just don't value ourselves enough, do we? Yeah, absolutely. And and just changing that. I mean, it, it's uh, Marissa Pierce. Um, well, there's lots of people who say that, but Marissa Pierce is hypnotherapist, and she says that if we say this, I am enough, enough. <laughs> You know, sort of as a kind of mantra. And she says, I'll just write it on your mirror and think of it first thing in the morning when you wake up, last thing at night. And, and this all put it as a, as a password. You know, well, it's probably not a great idea because I never really knows, but <laughs> you know, that's the idea. But um, just to re- through the repetition of it, it's, um, it's also a bit NLP, a neuro-linguistic program. You know, if you say something, you know, start to believe it and, and it changes your outlook and, and it, it just bolsters your sense of, of, of worth and your self-confidence because we, we tend to take the negative feedback much more seriously we than do. positive as well from, from, from our lives, from the events in our lives. And, Whatever we get from other people, we tend to take it at heart. It hurts things. We believe in it more than um, than compliments, and 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 often take compliments quite badly as well. I I think I think that's quite right. I I um I'm not well. I used to say that I'm not very good at affirmations because I felt that they were a bit corny. They and yeah. they used to make my toes curl. And yet, funnily enough. When I journal, which I do every day, it's a part of my um, sort of, you know, my routine. Um, I always, I, I didn't realize, I always start off with writing a, ma- a, a mantra. And I just sort right. of thought, but that's it. it. It might not say I am enough. It might not be me peering into the mirror, sort of going, you're truly worthy or whatever it is. But it is it is that repetition that the brain, it's so fake it till you make it, isn't it, Karine, really? <laughs> It is to a degree, yes, absolutely. I mean, it can be anything. I mean, you can use that. I mean, if you can use another one, whatever. Um, I remember hearing in, in some sort of documentary about uh, Rudolf Nureyev, the, the dancer. Yes. Um, and and I mean, if there was a story of, of determination, uh, that was one. He was born in a very small city in the Soviet Union, very remote, rural, from a very poor family. His father died in the war. Mother had to raise, I don't know how many kids on virtually nothing, you know. And he became, he decided he was going to be a ballet dancer and of all things, and then and, and make it to international stardom. And he did. And the one thing he was saying was, I will, I can. And he was, but he was also really quite demanding of his, of his dance partners and so on, and, and you know, saying it to them as well. But, you know, this idea, if you abstract maybe the, the sort of perhaps negative use of it or application, but this idea, I feel like can, if you start to think in, in those terms, it is corny, and all these mantras and affirmations are a bit corny. But find one perhaps that inspires you a bit, yeah, and that you don't mind being too corny, and, and, and think it. You don't have to say it, think it. Um, it does make a little difference. It is. Inc- I, I am sort of testament. It is really powerful, and it, it it helps change your own mindset about yourself and how you believe yourself to be, doesn't it? Yeah, but I mean, think about it. You do it constantly when you're self-critical and and you got your inner critic um, going on at you. 
that's exactly what you're doing, but it's all negative. It's all, yeah. you're not good enough, you were this, you'll never make it, you know. If you change this language, but I, I, I'm, I'm learning. This is a little bit difficult, yeah. but you know, I can, I can, um, I can improve. Yeah. Um, I'm good enough. I am enough. Not I'm good enough. I am enough. Okay, so it's, it's a different uh, level there. Um, it, it will change how you see the world. Um, yes. You know, and and maybe potentially also how you see the world, but how the world sees you as well. Yeah. Because oh, it yeah. starts radiating from within, doesn't it? Then, absolutely, yeah. And this is this idea that of uh, um, change from the inside out. You know, yeah. coming from the inside out, which is really, it's a really great um, approach. And um, I mean, it's the sort of core of coaching, really. Yeah. Um, but I sort of complement it. I mean, I take turn it round a bit because I think it can take a bit, quite a long time. Uh, to see the results, a kind of more medium-term solution, and also it often requires uh, someone out coach to help you find your limiting beliefs and so on. So I sort of take turn it around and say, well, start from the outside in, yeah. Um, by start tweaking how you project, what image you project, you know. So how do you describe yourself, for example? Yes. Know? Um, exactly. Not just to yourself, but to other people, you know, and and start to change this this vocab and and to more empowering expressions instead of changing saying, that narrative. I'm just a mum. He said, you know, yes, a mum. Say, I'm a mum. You know, I've uh, I've raised uh, however many children, and I'm looking towards my next challenge. It's much better, even yes. if it's just as open and vague. Yeah. Yes. You know, you don't necessarily know yet what your next thing's going to be, but you're already couching it in in much more empowering terms than saying oh I'm just a mum and you know I don't do anything else yeah and it is well we do a hell of a lot but it's it's changing that narrative isn't it and as you sort of say it's it's how you um and I I must admit I I looked at it when I sort of moved into the sort of work arena again is I felt it was a bit smoke and mirrors and and I just and, and I just sort of thought, you know, I'm going to have to brave this a bit and just ease into who I want to become. And so it is. It's it's where do you see yourself, and how do you get to be that person that you want to be? And it. I mean, when I so I, I was a stay at home mum for a while, and then I um, t- was a wedding and portrait photographer, and it was. You know, I, I sort of, I used to, I remember the words I used. Oh, no, well, I've just bought a camera. And, and I thought, no, hang on a minute. Let's just embrace my hopes and dreams, who I'm going to be, what part of this little world I am going to occupy and, and do it boldly and bravely. And because it, it's, you know, as you said earlier, um, most of us are more concerned about ourselves than anyone else anyway. So I think it's occupying that space and feeling sort of brave enough and confident enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, you know, once you start to think more positively about yourself and act more positively, you will, will basically project a more confident image. Even if, it's, if, it's, if, you, if you feel that you're faking it on the inside still, it doesn't really matter because it will already look uh, more confident to other people you know yeah. if you if you a little bit more assertive if you for example you 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 lower your voice you know you 
control your intonation so that you lower your voice at the end of your sentences. So you don't sound like you're asking questions all the time. Um, yeah. It's okay at times if you're asking a question, but if you constantly finish all your sentences like this, you know, you sound like you're uh, seeking approval. Oh, wow, yes. So, you know, things like that. Um, and then the way you hold yourself, your posture, the way you move, if you, if you think of a few little tweaks and, you know, build up gradually, pick one up, and when it, when it becomes more natural, then you think of the next thing and the next thing. Before you know it, you know, after maybe two, three weeks, you will already sound and look much more confident. And, and people will respond to that. Even if inside you still feel quite the same, I think it has an effect much quicker than, than we, so, we realise. But yeah. people, people pick up, because we're social animals and we're constantly um, you know, in interaction and we're reading clues and we're adjusting our behaviour to others, but they're doing that to us too, with us too. So if you sound a bit more confident, people don't challenge your boundaries quite in the same way. Um, and learning to say no, for example, is a good one. Because as a mom, I would lots of teenagers asking, Mom, 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 can you take me here? Mom, where's my kid? What you know? You can you can fall into this trap where you're like running constantly to do everything. You say, you know, um, you know, look yourself, you know, check your cupboard. You don't have to go run and try and find it. Or, you know, um, you can even then train them to actually look after it themselves, for example. You know, there, there are certain things you can do, but if you feel that you always say yes to every favor before you've even thought about it, a really good way is to sort of withhold your answer and say, oh, let me think about it. I'll get back to you. And then you have to just give yourself a little bit of time. Yeah. Well, I'll check my calendar. I'll check. And I, you know, I'll tell you in, the, in the, whatever, 10 minutes or whatever, or tonight, or, you know, you give yourself the time you want. And and then try and think of is there an alternative? Does it have to me, be me always driving to football? Or you know you can try. Then you you give yourself space to think. So, um, so it's setting boundaries, then, isn't it? Mm, yeah, I think so. And and this is how I think this is also why uh, a lot of mums feel they've lost the sense of themselves and what they want because they've stopped putting boundaries. Yeah. And you know when, and it starts when the child's very young and it's normal, baby, and, and there's no the boundaries. Sort of the sort of dyad, like you know, like Winnicott uh, talked about between the mum and the child, and um, that's normal. But as the child grows, that's why we have to uh, start saying no to children and putting boundaries to their behaviour and so on. And it's a good practice for parents as well, and and to keep putting these boundaries down because the child defines themselves, you know, finds their place and identity through the boundaries. Yeah. But the mum keeps her identity or reconstructs a separate identity as well by enforcing boundaries. So, you know, without going too far into psychology, which can't really, um, I'm not, but I think, you know, just simply learning to say no and, and prioritizing yeah. and saying, you know, Tuesday night I go and just score. Uh, no, I'm not going to give it up so I can do a next one more thing. Let's find another solution. That's okay. But we we can feel quite guilty. Sorry, there's a, there's a helicopter. 
<laughs> we, I can't hear it. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, all right. That's it's probably like making a noise in your ear. Um, so yeah, it, I think it's important to to sort of um, either keep boundaries, or if we if we realize we're not having solid enough boundaries or enough of them, to start putting them in gradually. Because I think. We we take on the role. Yes, we are sort of you know we we look after our kids and we do the sort of mothering and the and you know the caring. But I think also as our kids get older, we are we sort of become the fixer, don't we? Mm. And um and and by always having that hat on, um I guess we're denying our kids the experience of trying to you know the critical thinking bit, trying to sort of sort their own problems out as well. Yeah, absolutely. We do too much for them. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, because it's also it's self gratifying because we feel needed. It is. You know, that's the other side of the coin. That's our story. Uh, we want it? them to need us. Yeah, yeah. Because and so that that's where gives us a role. It is, and and it's this is how we have to adapt. Is is realizing that one role is not going to come to an end because I've got a twenty eight year old and a twenty six year old, and I am still their mum and still helping them firefight stuff it's just a different you know different um environment it's a different arena um so and, and there I've got an 81 year old mum who was speaking to me yesterday so oh, I'm worried about you so I mean it's everything you know it, it, it's it still happens doesn't it but I think the thing is is when we're coming out of the sort of you know out of the cave of parenting young kids it is that it, it is sort of, you know, so we are a bit sort of blinky and we are a bit sort of, you know, sometimes just maybe sort of, I was going to say starstruck. That's not probably the right word, but just a bit wary about coming out. So it is about, so I guess, putting our suit of armor on, make, using our language, using our body language as well, because it's not just the words we were using, mm. as you were touching on, but also having our boundaries. What is acceptable? How people can treat us but we need to learn all that, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we can be a bit out of the habit, and you know. So, so I think it's to sort of start creating a different habit and and, and different uh, way of being and thinking and um, things gradually. You, there's a sort of momentum that that uh, builds up as well when you when you start to project more confidence. People don't challenge you, saying yeah. that you can some more boundaries so then you can prioritize yourself more you know so then you're more productive so you move forward and that builds your confidence and before you know it your confidence is is is, is changing inside also. it is and, and i it think mean that you shouldn't do that work that inner work i think it's still a really good idea to do that inner introspection yeah. finding what your limiting beliefs are and, and and challenge them and change them absolutely but you know, you can start with a small thing. It's outside, and it will help you. And I, I think you, you mentioned the, 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 the sort of the challenges, the stuff that we are going through, the stuff that it, it's because sometimes you know when we take risks or take a new path, there is a bit of friction or there are obstacles, and a bit like me failing my maths. Um, but you know, it, it's sort of the, those challenges sort of dictate to us whether or not um you know who we become and whether or not we are prepared to continue taking that effort isn't it yeah absolutely and and to develop sort of character and grit and resourcefulness and what do we do when things don't go according to plan 
um, it's it's all um, it's all useful experience. You know, it's not not necessarily things you need to avoid at all costs. You know, so it means that you're sometimes going to do things you don't feel quite comfortable with, and it might work out, it might not. And if it doesn't, then it'll give you a chance to to try it differently or to 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 problem solve and and and, yeah. and find a sort of resilience as well um, that that can make you feel more confident about yourself. Thinking that even if things go wrong, I can, um, you know, I can do things about it. It's not the end of the world. I have a lot of resources and skills to deal with the unexpected. And that, and that's what, as mums, we take that for granted, and we have developed and honed those skills actually quite brilliantly. And yet, when we put ourselves in a different arena or we put ourselves in a different situation, we don't realise we have that resilience, do we? We don't realise we have those skills. And I think that's the important thing is realising, take a risk, see what happens. Because my, my phrase is, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen the sky isn't going to fall down is it it's not going to fall in no absolutely you're completely right but i think also because those skills it's resilience that we've built um you know inside the home or parenting even if we're still working when i say inside yeah. the home i mean that we never you know we don't necessarily work outside but they sort of they are not as as valued socially yeah. um or have not been traditionally yeah. and i think I think it's changing. I think this sort of thing is getting more recognised as as women talk about it more and then return to start businesses. I mean, I think the the women in the fifties are the the as the age when most women will start a business. Uh, it's because they, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Hurrah for that! Yeah, but it's also because they have a career gap, you know, a career break that is yeah. hard to explain, and and they might be. Not necessarily discriminated against, but sidelined for other positions because they haven't got the sort of continuity and and all these results and performance to prove, you know, back up their their application. So it's an ideal thing to do to start your own business because you don't need to do that at that point. We don't Um, need permission from someone else, do we? No, and then you can prove you can get your results, and then you yeah you make it happen in that way. So. Um, I think that's also quite um, quite telling that it's at that sort of age that we, you know, most women who um, start a business uh, start it at. Little convoluted sentence there. <laughs> no, but it is. It, it's. It's. I think it's probably as the kids have grown up and we find the opportunities. The, there's that opportunity for us to. Investing in our own hopes and dreams, isn't it? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It's, it's, that, that is very empowering, I think, and, and uh, you know, good, a good, uh, good thought to, to have. But one more thing is to also, I would kind of touch upon it, but it's this idea of being kinder to ourselves. Yes. And, and it's, you know, people are not going to judge us as harshly as we fear, most likely. And if they do, it's more that problem than ours, really. But we are our worst, own worst. We are our harshest critic, Corinne, aren't we? I think yeah. that's the problem. And that's, that's, that's linked to this idea of, of reformulating challenges and things. You know, when something's difficult or you're not feeling comfortable with it, then saying, well, I'm not quite comfortable. Well, this is a bit hard, but I can learn. And having this 
voicing this sort of kind of belief or faith in yourself yeah. to, to to grow and to to um, acquire new 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 skills and and, and competencies is, is really important. And and acknowledging that it's okay to take the chances and just to roll with it sometimes, just to be flexible. Absolutely. Corinne, my love, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I just it's so important because um I think I, I have been that mum and who who had no confidence and then thought to hell with it, let's just try and let's see what happens. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. And I think um we are allowed to be the masters of reinvention. And um, as you say, be kind to ourselves and it might not all fall into place the first time around, but that's okay. Absolutely. Um, and this is going to be a really good model for our, our children. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Look at that and model themselves on that and it will inspire them to try and, and to... It is. It's, um, it's okay to keep um, trying and, and have another go. Absolutely. I love, thank you so much indeed. Thank you. Thank you for having me on this show. Speak to you soon. Speak soon. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. <laughs> because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.